Welcome to Raw Relationships, the podcast that keeps relationships real and wonderful. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Tonight, we will be talking with Dr. Cletus Balash. He is a retired Ohio school superintendent and so associate professor at the University of West Georgia. He's the author of numerous articles in educational journals is, and is also co-author of two books, um, School Climate and Culture, Vis a Vis Student Learning, Keys to Collaborative Problem Solving and Responsibility. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, communication and all sorts of things um, about power and you just really want to tune in so let's wait no longer and let's bring him in welcome Cletus oh how are you this evening I'm fantastic awesome I'm so glad to have you on the podcast with us tonight um, please tell us about yourself and and what what your what your message is for everyone out there. Well, I I was a, a farm boy from Indiana, one of seven kids. Grew up poor. Now I'm uh, somebody. So I've gone from nothing to a doctorate degree. I've gone through all the hoops: teacher, principal, superintendent, college professor, uh, author, researcher. Um, it's been a great, great ride. My uh, uh, crowning, mom- crowning moment was getting the contract to evaluate every school district in West Virginia. Oh, wow. Uh, it was in 2002, and mm-hmm. for five months I drove my RV from every school district in the state, every hollow, or every creek and interviewed thousands of kids and thousands of teachers about what they liked about their school and what they didn't like about their school. And because of that, I've written my books. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to create a school where kids like the school. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be uh, an idea? <laughs> teachers like work, working there instead of quitting in years three to five. 25% of the teachers quit in years three to five because they don't like it. Uh, So how do you create a culture and climate in a school where people like to be there? That's Mm -hmm. why I wrote the books. And, of course, um, out of that, you have to understand that human relations is the most important thing that happens in Mm -hmm. life. And it also happens in school. So Mm -hmm. I have two things to offer you. We can talk about human relations, or we can talk about schools. I would. I think we could talk about human relations as a general. Um, okay. I would be willing to bet that it all kind of goes hand in hand with yes, all together. But yeah, but I think just for the purpose of of the title of the show, we'll we'll definitely dive into the relations part of it, if you would. Okay. Yeah, most of your listeners are not educators, so mm-hmm. why do people behave the way they do? That's the big question that has mm-hmm. been going on with philosophers 
16th to 17th century. Why do people behave the way they do? Mm -hmm. Is that where we want to start? Sure, yeah. Okay. Well, there wasn't much written on that topic until the 18th century. And uh, if you look at the literature on that topic, the first reason given for why people behave the way they do is because it's fear, anxiety, stress, and life itself. Mm -hmm. uh, people behave the way they do because they don't want to die. They don't want to mm -hmm. have fear in their life. Mm -hmm. And the next guy comes along and he says, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Uh, I agree with that, but it's happiness. People behave the way they do because they want to be happy. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense too, doesn't it, Melissa? Yeah, yeah it does to me, yep. Uh, of course, you can't be happy all the time. So moments of happiness is what life's all about. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't be happy all the time. It's just if you were, you'd be bored to death. So, But moments yeah. of happiness is what life is all about. And along comes a guy named Nietzsche. And all you listeners out there can get on the web and look Nietzsche up. Uh, he has written extensively, and he said, yeah, uh, life is important. Freedom from stress is good. Moments of happiness are good. He says, but it's about power. Life mm. is all about power. People want power because when you get power, you get control. Mm -hmm. If you have power, you can control others. And many books have been written about this. My two favorite are Moby Dick and uh, The Heart of Darkness, Albert Camus. Um, okay. Ultimate power corrupt is, is the theme in those books. Ultimate power corrupts. So people love power. And if you just think of President Trump, you think of Korea, North Korea, you think of uh, Syria, you think of Israel. Everything is about power. Mm -hmm. People want to have control of their country. They want to have control of their position. Congress wants control. The Democrats want control. Republicans want control. It's all about power. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, that and that power really with the, that really nailed the target. But that's not why people mm -hmm. behave the way they do. Because you can have power, you can be happy, and you mm -hmm. cannot fear for your life, and still, life is not worth living for some people with those mm -hmm. three things. So, right. what are the what are the other two? And. There's a lot of uh, research out there on babies who are held versus those who are not held. Nurture, they call it, versus nature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And caring is a fourth need that causes people to behave the way they do. Right. And imagine, you can just imagine, Melissa, if you woke up one morning and realized that nobody cared about you, how mm -hmm. would you feel? Probably in pretty lonely. Yeah, in a marriage, if you realized your spouse didn't care about you, how would you feel? If you realized your kids didn't care, how would you feel? Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, this all goes back to 
my my questions about what do you like about your what do you like about your school with the kids? They said the teachers is what we like, and they said, okay, well, don't you like? And they said the teachers. I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what do you mean? She says, well, some of the teachers care about us. They'll talk mm-hmm. to us. They know that they have to help us learn. They'll do whatever they can. And then you've got these other teachers. They don't care about us. Oh, they want mm-hmm. their paycheck. They're just looking forward to their return. Yeah. It's important need in human beings' lives. And then you get to the fifth one. This is uh, uh, Gandhi. This is Dr. Rick Warren. This is Dr. Oz. And they say purpose. Life is no purpose. No life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you got the five basic things. Purpose, caring, control, happiness, and lack of fear or stress or strain. Now, parents listening out there, where are your kids on this? Are their needs mm-hmm. being met? Exactly. Have you asked them? Uh, on a scale of one to, uh, one to ten, where are you on purpose? Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to ten, do people care about you? On a scale of one to ten, do you feel like you have control? Are you happy? Mm-hmm. The parents can ask their kids this and find out. And if, yeah. you were to, if you were to ask that guy who shot all those people down there mm-hmm. in Florida at Parkland, mm-hmm. purpose, he had no purpose. Yeah, when that's he right. Gun, he had a purpose. When you yeah. put your finger on the trigger, you have control. I'll show those bastards that don't care about me. And... Mm-hmm. He's not happy. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his school life was awful. His yeah. needs were not being met. Right. So when your needs are not being met, you have to do something to get them met. That's right. Shooters do that. When mm-hmm. they shoot, they get their needs met. Now, yeah. you can do the yeah. same thing with suicide. Mm-hmm. If your needs aren't being met, you can say, oh, the heck with it. I'm going to kill myself. Alcohol is another way to get your needs met. Drugs is another way to get your needs met. Yeah. Um, Gangs is another way to get your needs met because when Mm -hmm. you join a gang, you have control with them. They care about you. You don't know how much they care, but if you belong to a gang, you have some control. You have some purpose. The gang gives you all of that caring Mm -hmm. That's why gangs are so prevalent in our society. Am I making sense? Yeah, oh, for sure. Total sense to me, yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, those are the five needs that are not being met in 50% of the kids in our schools. They are Mm -hmm. not being met in many citizens in our society. Yeah. And I lay those out there. um, There's Maslow's hierarchy that goes back way back, and these... Five needs fit into Maslow's hierarchy about what motivates people to do what they do. Mm-hmm. And what, what I have done is created a school where those needs are met, both for teachers and for kids. And mm-hmm. that's why I've written the books. But we're really talking about human relations here. It doesn't have to do anything, 
with schools, parents listening mm-hmm. in, anybody listening in, to think about if you're an employer, are your are the needs of the employees being met? If you're a mom and dad, are your kids' needs being met? If you're a dad, is your wife's needs being met? Mm-hmm. And I've come up with uh, a mantra uh, throughout my two books, and that is, how do you give control to people without giving it up? Right. That's the secret to being a good leader, being a good dad, yeah. being a mm-hmm. good mom. I tell my students yeah. when they were in my class, I said, let me tell you something. If you're married, your spouse, whether you're a man or a woman, you can say to them, I'm the boss, and you get what you want. Yeah. That's the secret to a good marriage. Because in mm-hmm. any marriage, somebody has 51% of the control. But if you yeah. try to control your spouse, they're going to resist. Yeah. So you have to, yeah. you have to, if you're the main person in the marriage, you have to make sure that the needs of your spouse are being met. If they're mm-hmm. not, the marriage is in trouble. Yeah, and how many people don't talk about that, you know, especially in, in the likes of a marriage? You know, they just get together and then have kids. Yeah. And, you know, all that kind of just goes to the wayside, and then all of a sudden they're like pointing fingers saying, you're bad, yeah. <laughs> you know. You're, you're right, horrible you're right. Yeah. They don't realize that control is such a major factor in mm-hmm. human relations, and it is the major factor, but actually caring is almost more, you know, if I were to rank all of the factors, if mm-hmm. you care about a person, you are going to control them. You're mm-hmm. going to give them control. So yeah. I think caring is the most important, but mm-hmm. purpose is so important as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people retire and they lose their purpose in life. Yeah. They, just wither, yeah. they just wither and die. Yeah. Um, I'm pushing 80, and I ain't, I'm not going to quit. Till I get to be a hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My purpose is to reform the way kids and teachers are treated in schools, and it's all about mm-hmm. human relations. I don't talk yeah. about kids. Well, yeah, and that's really where it has to start, you know, because yeah. obviously the parents, you know, not not all parents, but as you said, 50% of the parents are not doing it for one reason or another. Maybe they don't know how. Maybe they're too busy, they have to work, you know, for whatever reason, but it's it's got to be implemented somehow, and I think well, that's how much awesome. time do we have? Oh, we've got as long as you've got. Oh, okay. Well, we can go, <laughs> we can go uh, two ways here. Um, parents are a big problem in our society. Because mm-hmm. many parents, when I asked the teachers, what do you like about your schools? They said, the parents. And I said, what well, don't you like about the school? And they said, the parents. I said, oh, wait a minute. Tell me about that. And they said, well, we've got some of these parents. They don't do anything we ask them to do. They are great role models. They, their kids, they bring us our great kids. And then we've got these other parents. Mm-hmm. They're awful role models. And, and yeah. in the state I went in, in West Virginia, 
the state mandate was to put in a character ed program in the year 2002, and the governor of that state wanted to find out if the schools had a character ed program. That's why I got hired for that. So I went around to find out if they had a character ed program. And the teacher uh-huh. said, we can teach character ed till uh, the sun goes down. But when these kids go home, everything we do, they parents undo. Right. So we can talk about what would you do to change the behavior of parents. And I've got a plan for that, chapter five mm-hmm. in book mm-hmm. number one. Or we can talk yeah. about the nine forms of power. The nine forms of power. How do you give control to your kids? How do you give control to your employees without giving it up? And if they don't do what they're supposed to do, how do you take it back? Because the mm-hmm. mark of a true leader is giving control to the people you're leading without giving it up. Because once you right. give it up, you're done. Yeah. You, can walk, yeah. you can walk into Walmart any day and watch the parents who have given control to their kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes to older kids, too. Um, yeah. When you treat them more like friends than um, children or, you know, you, you just kind of turn a blind eye and yeah, not really pay attention because you're too busy with other things. I know in my experience, I've, I've even watched um, women put relationships over their children you know, they're, they're so intertwined yeah. in this new person they found, they forget about their kids. <laughs> like, they just yeah. totally forget they have children. And I think it's it happens. Yeah. So you want to go with the nine forms of power? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. How do you give control to people without giving it up? There are five freeing forms of power, Okay. Now, I'm talking nine. There are no other forms of power. None other. That's chapter four in book number one. Okay. Mm -hmm. There are nine ways to get people to do what they're supposed to do. Okay. Here's number one. Information. That's what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. We give people information. They say, wow, I never thought about that. Yeah, that's right. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. Yeah. People hear it, they say that's good, and they're free to do it or not do it. They can say, yeah, that's a thing and do that. Or they can say, wow, I never thought of that. Yeah. Then you come yeah. to number two. Information is one thing, but when people demonstrate how to do something, that's another form of information. You see it with yeah. your eyes. Yeah. You can see it. Mm-hmm. And it is information, but it's always visual. You see somebody yeah. demonstrate how to do something, whether it's yeah. a golf swing, whether it's bowling, whether it's how to do a uh, math thing on the board. Teachers demonstrate all the time how to do something in chemistry labs and so forth, and the kids look at it and say, oh, yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. But they're free yeah. to do it. Here's, mm-hmm. a, here's, a, here's a very important one, and I'm sure... You do this a lot, Melissa. It's called personality. Mm-hmm. If people like you, and on my brief talk with, I would like you, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> if people like you, all you got to do is ask. Yeah. And you say, you say, can you help me with this? And they say, well, yeah, I can help you with that. 
They're free. Yeah. So mm-hmm. personality power is a good form of power. You agree with that? I do, yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's an interesting one. It's called ego power. Have mm-hmm. you ever stroked egos? Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've stroked an ego to get somebody to do something? Uh, in my younger days. I'm getting better at doing that. Hey, you <laughs> probably, do you have kids? I do have kids, yeah. Yeah, you struck their egos, haven't you? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. I'm in, in some form stroking, of <laughs> yeah. Stroking egos is a freeing form of power. You mm-hmm. stroke somebody's ego and they say, you say, can you help me with that? You did such a wonderful job with that last year. How about helping me with this? Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. say, well, sure, I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. It's a freeing form of power. Mm-hmm. There is a the most powerful freeing form of power used judiciously is the negative ego stroke. Okay. Okay. Uh, it takes some skill to use this form of power because if you use it on the wrong person, it backfires. Uh, <laughs> but if you use it on the right person, it is the most powerful form of power. Okay. In in my book, I describe uh, Cassius Clay, later Muhammad Ali, uh, who in the fourth grade was told by his teacher, Cassius, you'll never amount to anything. Mm-hmm. When he won the gold glove in the Cuba Olympics, guess where he went the first time he got back to town? Right, to the teacher. <laughs> to that teacher. And yeah. he said, you told me I would never amount to anything. Look what I just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaches use it all the time. They might say, hey, you know, we're playing that uh, that high school across town. Uh, they are tough. I'm not sure mm-hmm. we're ready to beat them. What do you guys think? Hey, coach, what do you mean? We're, we're going to take those turkeys. Well, you mm-hmm. see the negative ego stroke there? Yeah. Totally, when you yeah. challenge somebody's ego and you say, maybe you guys aren't up to this, they'll puff up their chest and they will do their ultimate best to show you that you were wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the negative ego stroke. But it has to be used on the right person because you can say say that to someone and say, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't think I can do it. Yeah, yeah. It's a very complicated one. It's also manipulative. Mm-hmm. And being, if you're perceived as manip- manipulating them, it backfires. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. It's an interesting one. Now, here's the fifth freeing form of power. It's called moral power. Okay. Most parents don't use it. Uh, but when I was a, and I have five kids, when okay. I was a parent, I made sure the kids knew what the rules were. Mm-hmm. And I even asked them. I even used a, a technique. Um, I, gave, I gave all my kids three three-by-five cards. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you want the rules to be in our house? Yeah. They looked at me and said, are you crazy? You want us to tell you what the rules are? And I said, I want you to, I want you to tell me what you think the rules ought to be in this house. Yeah. And they would write the rules down. And if they didn't write a rule that I wanted, I just put it in. Yeah. 
and they and they never knew. Yeah. Uh, one rule they seldom put in was um, be home on curfew. Mm. <laughs> and I just put it in that yeah. curfew yeah. was, you know, curfew was a rule. You had to be home at curfew time. Yeah. Whatever it was, whether it was twelve. As they got older, it was one o'clock, but most of the time it was twelve. And those were the rules, and they were posted. Yeah. Yeah. So moral power was in because they knew mm-hmm. what the rules were. Yeah. And I yeah, said, they have to be, it's they have to have moral power is what is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's what everybody agrees should be done. Yeah. And in most schools, that's a handbook of rules. It's too many rules, yeah. really. But mm-hmm. in any business, there are rules. But sometimes yeah. the rules aren't known by yeah. everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In order for moral power to be effective, the rules have to be known. Yeah. But once the rules are known and a rule is broken, you say, hey, you know what the rules are. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And right away, you know, it doesn't take any of your energy to get them to correct their behavior. Because yeah. when moral power is in place, you just remind people of what the rules are. Yeah. 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 Okay. So those are the five freeing forms of power. Uh, you want to go to the controlling ones? Sure. Any, anything on the freeing forms that you'd like to question me on? Uh, it makes perfect sense to me. Information, expertise, personality, ego, and moral power. When those forms are used, you give control to your kids, mm-hmm. to the people who work below you, to the people in your church, to the people in your group. You give control to them, yeah. but you don't give it up. If you give them a freeing form of power to get them to motivate them to do something you want them to do, and they don't do it. You have to take control back because yeah. you cannot give up. You cannot give up control if you're the leader. So yeah. here are the four controlling forms of power: position power. As a parent, mother, and father, you have position power, right? Yeah. Yeah. All leaders have position power. Yeah. With position power, you acquire two other forms of power, the ability to reward and punish. Right. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. So when the freeing forms of power don't work, you you go to the controlling forms. And as, a, as the leader of position power, you say, hey, I want you to do this. If you don't do it, I'm going to have to punish you or yeah. do something, yeah, there's, right? There's consequence, yeah. There's an interesting form of power there that is I have not talked to you about yet. It's connection mm-hmm. power. Connection mm-hmm. power is the most important form of power. Without connection power, you don't get position power. Without position power, you don't get reward and coercion power. Without connection power, you have no power. Right. When President Trump got elected, he got connection power because all of the votes said he had position. Yeah. 
now, when you well, let's take it back from the president of the United States to uh, we can look at Obama on that one too. He lost mm-hmm. connection power with Congress, right. but he had connection power with the public, and he said, "I'm the president. I've got the phone." I'm going to make executive orders. You guys can't do anything to me. Even though he lost connection power with Congress, he still had position power. Mm-hmm. Here is a, the most common example I use is mom and dad. Let's mm-hmm. suppose mom, one of the kids misbehaves, and mom says, you wait till your dad comes home. I'm going to tell him what you did. Uh, dad bad, comes bad. home. Uh, <laughs> bad, bad, bad. <laughs> You've tried oh, that? I could never do that? No, I don't uh, do that. I I deal with it right then and there. <laughs> uh, well, you wouldn't you wouldn't do that. You would deal with it, no. right? Yeah, okay. exactly. Well, a lot of parents don't do that. One of the parents. No, I've heard. Uh, yeah, I've heard course. people do that. Dad might friend. say, "You wait till your mom comes home. I'm going to tell her what you did." And. Yeah. Whichever is the predominant form of power in a family, uh, one usually is mom or dad. It doesn't matter who. In your case, yeah. you were the predominant yeah. form of power is what I hear. Yeah. Well, let's suppose, let's suppose your husband said, wait, your mom comes home. I'm going, to tell, I'm going to tell her what you did. And he goes to you and says, you know what your kid did today? And yeah. you say, oh, what, what, what was it? And you explain and... You say, well, I don't see what's so bad about that. I did that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should do anything about that. What happens to your dad, your your husband's position power? Pretty much gone, I would say. Yeah. Well, yeah. in schools all across the country, that happens every day when teachers send a kid for discipline to the mm-hmm. office and the assistant principal doesn't take action. Yeah, exactly. It, it destroys the teacher's position power. When they lose their position power, they lose their ability to lead. Right. That makes and that's what's sense. wrong with our. That's what's wrong with our school. A big thing that's wrong with our schools. Um, the, the most, the biggest problem with our schools is discipline. Yeah. It is the major problem with our schools. It's just why teachers quit in years three to five because they've lost their position power. The stress right. of constantly calling kids to task and not having consequences, it just destroys yeah. them. But anyway, yeah. those are the nine forms of power. Um, I've not seen those anywhere. There is a mm-hmm. power typology that was uh, written by in, back in the 50s by... I think French and Raven that had five forms of power. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody added moral power way back when, and somebody added connection power. Yeah. And uh, I've added ego power. But I've never seen ego power in any any book anywhere. Mm-hmm. But it is oh. a tremendous form of power. There is a tenth yeah. form of power, but I don't put it in my book. It's called prayer. Mm, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. I, did. yeah, I didn't put that in my book. Yeah. The other thing, too, that uh, that I thought I might throw in there for your next book, <laughs> you might want to think about, 
Um, how do you feel about technology power? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. that's information. That's information. Okay, so if it's yeah. used, yeah. if it's used properly, it's either okay. it's either information or expertise. Technology, mm-hmm. in tech, with technology, you can show people how to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a very powerful form of power, but it is it fault comes under the heading of either information or expertise. Right, right. Now, what do you, do you think, um, do you think communication has changed since uh, technology with kids texting and what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I used to go to the bowling alley and, and uh, our team would sit around, we would talk and and uh, now I go to the bowling alley, and people go up and bowl, and they get back there, and they're on their iPhone. The yeah, team doesn't talk. It? The team doesn't talk anymore. Uh, yeah. So yeah, communication. Uh, chapter one in book number two deals with the five uh, communication skills. Mm-hmm. Um, there are five important interpersonal between two people communication mm-hmm. skills. How do you communicate? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been lost. Um, I've not mm-hmm. seen it. I've not seen it in too many books. Um, but it is chapter one in book two. And mm-hmm. if you send me an email and you want that chapter, I'll I will attach it to an email oh, awesome. to you. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> you want to talk about those? Sure. We have a few more minutes. We can definitely. I think that's okay. important um, well, to yeah. bring up. I'm sure you're familiar with paraphrasing. Yeah. You hear somebody say something, and you repeat back to them what you think they said. You don't say mm-hmm. exactly what they said. When <clears throat> when I was an assistant principal, I would tell kids exactly what I expected of their behavior when they were brought to me for discipline. Mm-hmm. Okay? But before they left my office, I would say, now tell me what you think I want you to do. Mm. You know, yeah. Did yeah. they did they hear me or did they understand me? Yeah. Because many yeah, times exactly. they hear what you say, but they don't understand what you meant. Yeah, I actually do that with my four-year-old son when I'm okay. trying to set things okay. straight, okay. and then I'll say, "Okay, I'll say, what did the mommy just tell you to do?" <laughs> and then I have him uh-huh. do it until he understands. That is it. a that's a very important communication yeah. skill. Mm-hmm. A second one is I call behavior description, mm-hmm. where you describe exactly what you saw someone do. Mm-hmm. No judgments. You don't say, that was yeah. the stupidest thing I ever saw anybody do. You say, mm-hmm. Let me, this is what I saw you do. Mm-hmm. You say, what do you think about that? And you let them make the judgment. Yeah. So when you make a judgment about someone's behavior, you almost always make them defensive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, uh, my wife's favorite is, you're driving too fast. <laughs> what do you mean I'm driving too fast? Well, yeah. I'm driving this way. Mm-hmm. But if she says, the way you're driving is making me scared, mm. well, I said, oh, well, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It makes it different. 
Yeah, it's true. Do that. I agree. So behavior description um, versus the judgment is a second communication. A third one is description of feelings. Um, When you describe your feelings, you throw the ball into the other person's court. Mm -hmm. Because they will have to deal with your feelings. You're saying, this is very upsetting. And they say, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? What's upsetting? So you get the communication going over whatever it was that upset you. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, perception checking, and I'm, I'll bet you're pretty good at this. Do you ever t- see your kids do something and do a perception check? Um, like, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I'll look at them and be like, what are you thinking? And then I'll go, oh, shoot, they're four. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so perception checking is a very important thing because many times – when you read somebody's behavior, you you do a perception. You you yeah. perceive what that behavior meant, but yeah. did you perceive it correctly? That's right. Yeah. So if you if you see somebody's behavior, the nonverbal perception checking is all about nonverbal behavior. You see mm-hmm. nonverbal behavior, and you ask yourself, "What did I just see?" I wonder yeah. <laughs> So you say, did I say something that upset you? And they say, yeah. oh, no, I'm just cold. Mm-hmm. It's cold in yeah. here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it had nothing to do with you at all. But if you yeah. hadn't checked the perception, you might think you would screwed up. Yeah. So perception just... checking is a fourth communication skill. The fifth mm-hmm. one is probably the most important. How do you give and receive feedback? Uh, getting good feedback from someone is very important, yeah. but it's very difficult to do. My mm-hmm. favorite technique um, was I would give my students um, a sheet of paper, mm-hmm. and on the top would be a sentence that said, complete two, these two sentences as many times as you wish, okay? Mm-hmm. The first sentence back when I was a teacher. Mr. Bulock is a good teacher because... Mm-hmm. Sentence number one. Sentence number two. Mr. Bulock would be a better teacher if... Sentence right. number two. I'd mm-hmm. give that out to my 150 students. Mm-hmm. Back then, I had 30 students in every, every class, and I had five mm-hmm. classes a day. Mm-hmm. And they would tell me, and I would, I would say, appoint a student in the room. I'd say, I'm going to leave the room while you guys do this. Uh, Sue, yeah. would, you, would you collect all those for me? Mm-hmm. And I would leave the room. Yeah. And I would get feedback from my students, honest-to-goodness mm-hmm. feedback. Of course, yeah. I had kids who loved me, and they mm-hmm. would say glowing things and never tell me anything I did wrong. And then yeah. I'd have students who hated me. Yeah. But in between that, I got good feedback. So any boss yeah. out there who's listening in on this conversation can do that. Mm-hmm. You're, mm-hmm. I'm a good whatever because I'd be better if. It's not negative. Yeah. It's asking no. for feedback. Yeah. 
Yeah. It goes back to uh, Kurt Lewin back in the 50s, L-E-W-I-N. It's called Force Field Analysis. You can get on mm-hmm. the web and look it up, Force Field Analysis. Mm-hmm. His method is very complicated. Mine, this is a very simplest way to do Force Field mm-hmm. Analysis. What are the four... Making a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Force field analysis. Uh, it's a fantastic way to get feedback from people. Anybody mm-hmm. listening out there, whether you're a minister, a uh, leader in any way of a group or anywhere, a uh, coach, yeah. you can use that technique to get feedback from the people you're leading. Yeah. And it, it's it's the most valid feedback you can get. When I was a teacher and I got feedback from my administration, I never knew whether they were sucking up to me or whether they were just, you know, being nice. Yeah. I, I always felt that the feedback I got was no good. Yeah. Um, even when I was a school superintendent and the board members would give me feedback. Yeah. You know, what was their game? What were they... You know, why were they saying what they were saying? Mm-hmm. You never knew if the feedback you were getting was good. Yeah. But when I used this technique as a superintendent with the principals and teachers, I always mm-hmm. got good feedback. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Now, giving yeah. feedback uh, is a there's a, about ten or twelve things in. Uh, that chapter one and book two that lay out all the ground rules for giving feedback and probably too too much to get into here, but yeah. you have to make sure that people are receptive to the feedback. So if you're going to give feedback to somebody, you say, I've got some thoughts about um, your performance. Would you like to hear it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I have had people say no. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. So, you know, fine. don't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, well, where can where can our listeners find your books? Do you do you have a website all, that they can go they're to? They're on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, okay. You can put in my last name, Bulock, and School Culture and Climate, and they will come up. Okay. Or you can go to my website and you can order them off my website. Okay, and um, what's your website? It's uh, westga.edu, West Georgia. That's where I am in West Georgia, westga.edu, front slash, fill that little squiggly thing in the upper left-hand corner of the board. Yep. Fill and uh, Bulock. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think we have it on our website. So for the okay. listeners listening, you can just go to yeah, every, everything on my website. Surveys. Leadership. Okay. Surveys on caring. Surveys mm-hmm. on character ed. Uh, they're all free. Just send me an email and request the survey, and I'll attach it. Perfect. Awesome. Well, very good 
chatting with you, and uh, we will let you get back to your busy schedule. And I thank you very, very much for doing what you do, um, helping the schools, because as I said before, I believe that's where it has to start. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. And let's hey, do, uh, I appreciate another, it. Yeah, let's do another, let's do another to be continued episode. There's lots to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there awesome. is a lot to talk about. We haven't talked about conflict. How do you avoid conflict? I know, uh, I know. Let's, we, let's do that. Let's have you back. I've got, a, uh, I've got a YouTube video on conflict management with President Trump. It's had over 700 hits. Oh, nice. Nice. You can we'll you can to. look that up if you want. Just get yeah, on YouTube we'll and put up. in my last name, and and you'll find President Trump. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. Perfect. Thank you, well, Melissa. Thank you so I appreciate much. it. Mm-hmm. You're Bye. welcome. Bye bye. Well, that was just awesome the information um, that Cletus has for us is just powerful powerful stuff so I definitely encourage you to reach out to his website Um, you can find his website on my website rawrelationships.net if you look under the past podcasts you'll find it in there so yeah reach out um, and we're gonna do a take two a second to be continued uh, interview with Cletus because he does have a lot of information um, and I think it's great what he's doing to change the schools and really work uh, with the teachers and the students I think it's awesome so thank you Cletus for doing what you do and thank you for being on the show and I hope to see everyone back for the next ones we're doing a great show tomorrow it's going to be powerful again really about life's purpose some of the things that Cletus had touched on in the beginning of this show so have a great evening and we'll see you soon peace out